McLean Middleton Minutes, a podcast dedicated to business, legal, and community news in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. You'll hear about all things legal and how they affect business. You'll also hear from local business and community leaders sharing stories of their success. In law and business, good things often take time. So, without a minute to spare, let's get started with McLean Middleton Minutes. Hi, and welcome to McLean Middleton Minutes. I'm your host, Hannah May, a first-year associate at McLean Middleton. Thank you for joining me today. Have you ever wondered what it's like to work as a first-year associate at McLean Middleton? Well, look no further, because this series will cover all things first-year associate related and will help you learn a little law. Here's what to expect from this series. I will be having conversations with experienced lawyers at McLean Middleton who I've had the opportunity to work with on a project. Today's episode is about agritourism law in New Hampshire. Our guest is attorney Ellen Arnold. She has extensive experience in land use development, real estate, energy, and environmental law. She also is one of the first women appointed to the New Hampshire judiciary. I was very lucky to work with her on my first assignment here at McLean Middleton. Hi, Ellen. I'm so happy I had the chance to work with you on an agritourism project. I was wondering if you could explain what does agritourism even mean? And I think you're probably the one who is now better able to describe that than me. I was not even familiar with the term when we started our project. And, uh, and then I think, you know, we learned everything there was to be learned about it. And essentially, it is a recognition of variety of ways that farmers can earn revenue and expand their operations in an effort to protect farming and agriculture in New Hampshire and to preserve open space in the state as well. The legislature first adopted the definition of agritourism in the legislative and the statute that deals with agriculture and farming. And then over time, until most recently, September of 2019, that definition has evolved. And it's all the kind of activities that most people are familiar with, whether it's a pick your own or having some sort of event at a farm. And so it really is a very broadly defined term with the goal of bringing people to farms and promoting farming and agriculture in the state. Why, why is having agritourism and making sure that farms in our state are financially viable so important that the legislature thought found a need to include agritourism in the definition of agriculture? There was a task force that examined this issue and realized that agriculture and farming and preservation of open space in the state are really important. And there had been, uh, just to the character of the state of New Hampshire and what makes it a place that most people like enjoy as a place to live. And so uh, there had been a precipitous drop in the number of farms that were still operational in the state of New Hampshire. And so it was at that point in time, um, with the help of a variety of other uh, not-for-profit entities and the um, task force that the governor's office had put together to try to um, understand and support efforts of farmers to 
um, use their property more year round and both make money, but also engage the public in a better understanding of agriculture and farming and what it means to the state of New Hampshire. What are some legal challenges that a farm owner might face if they want to engage in agritourism? Um, it's really pretty much the standard slew of <laughs> opposition to any change in development. But I think that particularly because agriculture is relatively benign and bucolic, the opposition to those kinds of effort usually involve uh, the impacts or that come from an intense, a more intense use of property. So the usual suspects are noise and traffic and um, public safety kinds of concerns. So um, all of a sudden neighbors of a beautiful farm where there are events every weekend or and lots more people coming to the property um, tend to not be happy about that change in use. And how do zoning ordinances impact farm owners who would like to host agritourism events? Um, you know, that's a really interesting question because I think one of the fascinating pieces to me and probably hopefully to you as you were helping me with our project is that it is not only um, from a legal perspective, a definition that's in the agriculture and farming statute, but it also are cha is involved changes to uh, the municipal uh, regulatory framework in the state of New Hampshire because there was a, an understanding that obviously um, people might be unhappy with changes and or the fact that um, municipalities would want to have a say in what happened um, and needed some direction to make sure that agriculture remained the primary goal. So from a zoning perspective, there is actually legislatively a presumption that if a town does not um, explicitly recognize agriculture as a permitted use, there's a presumption that it is permitted either as a primary use or an accessory use. And then building off of that is legislative uh, language that says that if the primary use is agriculture, that agritourism cannot be prohibited. So that's kind of the broadest framework. And then that there's more that happens with that in terms of how the municipality um, can regulate or not regulate agritourism. But I think aside from that framework, um, which limits the ability of a municipality to, you know, essentially prevent agritourism, the ordinary municipal uh, structures that come into place as well. So there's the zoning ordinance and then probably even more importantly, um, site plan regulations, which, you know, regulate and look at, consider the impacts of a proposed development um, to the property and to uh, adjacent properties. Um, and then the, the statutory framework also recognizes that municipalities have the authority to adopt other kinds of, whether it's a um, review mechanism. So whether it's a building permit, um, as I said, site plan review, or on the zoning front, it might require a special exception. So there are lots of tools in the toolbox for municipalities, but under the rubric that essentially they can't prevent agritourism, um, but they do have the ability to try to manage its impact.
So if a farm owner encounters any issues with hosting an agritourism event, what are certain steps that they would be able to take, like petitioning a planning board or a zoning board, speaking to an attorney? Well, they should contact an attorney. They should have dealt with an attorney from the beginning um, to avoid some of those problems. But if they have not and they've engaged in the process and they encounter um, objections or um, injunctive relief, whatever kind of efforts people may undertake, the the framework that's laid out uh, in New Hampshire for um, appeals of planning board decisions or the ability to uh, request a hearing at the zoning board level is the same for agritourism as it is for any um, local review. So, you know, uh, on a planning board decision, um, if there's an adverse decision, there are very strict timelines about appealing to the superior court, or if it involves interpretation of a zoning provision, which it may, um, in this instance, there could be an appeal to the Zoning Board of Adjustment. On the Zoning Board side, um, whatever decision there is there is subject to a right of rehearing within a 30-day period of time before it can be appealed to uh, at the court level. Um, But there also is the ability of um, an aggrieved party to uh, file an appeal with the Zoning Board of Adjustment. So it can become... Uh, quickly complicated. And uh, I guess the piece of advice that, you know, I most frequently give to uh, land development clients and would suggest to anybody who's thinking about um, a change in use of their property is to make sure that they've reached out to municipal authorities, um, that they have been cooperative and probably talked to neighbors not only because it lets people know what they're going to do and hopefully that diminishes um, surprises that you don't ever want to encounter along the way, Uh, but it also gives um, an applicant an opportunity to understand where there are concerns and issues and address them before they get into a public process um, where once it's out of control and you're on the defensive, it's a much harder, much harder task. And have you personally gone apple picking or to a farm to enjoy agritourism? Most definitely. One of the largest ones in the state of New Hampshire is quite near uh, where I live. And they have, you know, really large apple festivals, peach festivals, you know, all of that. So, of course, it's it's a great um, fall activity at a minimum. How about you? Um, yeah, I have. I have. I love it. I love going apple picking. It's so fun. Yeah. And what has it been like working with a first year associate during? <laughs> well, when you have a really good one like you, um, you know, it's a it's a joy. Uh, no, I I um, I think uh, you know I I really enjoy working with new new associates or new lawyers in the firm. Um, or anywhere for that matter. It's just uh, nice to have smart, enthusiastic, energetic people uh, to work with who are also, you know, learning and asking good questions and, um, you know, being part of the development of their skills and hopefully being a positive, you know, mentor and influence is very satisfying. Um, You know, for me as a 
you know, more experienced lawyer, it's great because I have a lot of smart backup <laughs> to make sure that, um, you know, we're doing the best job that we can. So, so it's, it's, a, it's great to have that variety of, of skills and uh, energy that, you know, that we have. And do you have any advice for first-year associates when they start working at a law firm? Yeah, I guess what I would say is probably what everybody already knows, which is, you know, just to be open to a variety of different kinds of work, to be hardworking and expect that it's going to consume a lot of your time and taking, you know, take advantage of the resources, both, you know, personal and um, otherwise that uh, working in a large firm provides to learn as much as you can and uh, get involved in a variety of different ways. And I must say too, that I think one of the things that I learned in my early years practicing law is that involvement outside of the field of law um, that gives you a broader perspective of issues and and um, people is really helpful. So before I went to McLean, I was raising young children and living in the country and on a farm, and uh, but became involved in a local conservation commission, became the chairman of a planning board. And so it was really easy for me to then move into the legal side of it with a better understanding of what it, what it takes to be good. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it always shocked people to know that I, yeah, yeah. had a sheep farm and, you know, was actually president of the New Hampshire Shepherds Association. Oh, so, wow. Um, but it was lots of fun. It was lots of fun. And uh, so anyway, those kinds of opportunities, I'm not farming per se, but, you know, any place getting involved in a local community is really helpful. I think just in terms of developing perspective, I guess I'm curious to know um, as a as a first year associate, how you find the experience and what you find to be valuable and important? Well, it is definitely an unusual time to have started. Um, so it, it has proven to be challenging to, I guess once you do start at a new place, it's always challenging to learn the style of everyone you're working with and also sometimes even through communications that aren't in person there can be mis there can be miscommunication as well and understanding exactly how the other person feels so i feel like that part has been challenging but overall i mean i have really enjoyed it. I mean, I have gotten so many interesting tasks that I never thought I would get to work on. Yours probably being my favorite, actually, and the first one I did. <laughs> That's great. It was, it was, you know, they're, they're just, it's so real, right? You know, in law school, when you are reading these cases and learning about the law, it's kind of hard to see how it's going to apply to real life. And then when you do have a client who is upset or struggling with a problem and then you go and do this research and figure it out and actually help them I feel like that is so rewarding yeah. that's great that's what we do you know and quite frankly I think that um, enjoyment and drive to solve problems and you know figure it out is really what makes the practice of law so satisfying thank you so much for tuning in and learning a little bit more about 
agritourism in New Hampshire, as well as what it's like to be a first-year associate at McLean Middleton. Be sure to tune in to our next episodes on McLean Middleton Minutes. Thank you for listening to McLean Middleton Minutes, a production of the McLean Middleton Law Firm. We invite you to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends. Check back soon for additional episodes. Thank you.